I'm so prepared for all of our questions that I forgot to open my intro thing. <laughs> Shocking, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> there's a pretty similar vein for most of them, though. Yeah, sure I, think, I think we can cover a lot of them by in generality. So. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 23 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guy and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Uh, Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Uh, this week... Uh, following the end of the CCHA regular season, we reached out to the commissioner of the CCHA, Don Lucia, and asked him to come on the show so we could talk about uh, wrapping up season two. Um, thanks for joining us, Don. Uh, it's my pleasure. And as we talked about off air, the timing is, is good. It wasn't, it was prearranged about three weeks ago and, and happy to come on with you guys. I know you're loyal supporters of not only Michigan Tech, but certainly the CCHA and all of college hockey. So it's great to be on with you guys. Yeah. So so this week we will we'll definitely discuss the elephant in the room, which is how Saturday night works and talk about some drones, I think, and uh and uh and have some other questions for you that that don't have anything to do with Saturday. So it, it should be a well-rounded conversation on the CCHA and and what's going on. Anything else we want to talk about, guys? I think that's good, right? Yeah, we got we got a good set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All <laughs> right, so let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Commissioner Don Lucia. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, uh, welcome back. Thank, uh, thanks for joining us, Don. Uh, you had a few words you wanted to say mm -hmm. about things, and I think we'll just let you say what you wanted to say. Yeah, before we we really delve into a lot of different topics, I, ju I just want to compliment Michigan Tech and, and the year they've had so far. Um, I know when the year began, uh, losing nine players, it, you know, Joe didn't know what type of team he had, but I, I really believe the coaching staff did a phenomenal job from start to finish. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if Joe wasn't coach of the year in the CCHA for the job he, he did with his team and his staff. Um, so it was great to see. And uh, I, I, in a very difficult situation, um, after Saturday night, I think it showed a lot of class 
from him and the players to stay on the ice who reward the McNaughton Cup. And I think that speaks volume to him and his program. Um, and so hopefully they'll have a great playoff run and solidify their spot in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, look forward to watching them play throughout the, our tournament and hopefully the NCAAs. So Saturday night, the end of the game, a lot of contention between Joe post game and Joe on his radio show this morning about how that all played out, especially compared to how some other calls went for Michigan Tech earlier this year. Uh, what can you tell us about how the end of the game played out? And I know one thing we, we, we talked about while you were still in your, your meeting was just, just wanting to make sure that our listeners know that unlike what happened at the, in the championship game last year, that none of what happened in the game had anything to do with you directly, other than what you've taught these guys, the refs throughout the year, you, you had nothing to do with the calls. It's just, it's all about the on-ice officials and their decisions and between them and the coaches and, and how it all played out. Yeah, and, and what's unique, like um, I have, I'm in a rare position because I represent the commissioners with the supervisors. So we have, uh, going back two years, um, they wanted a little bit more involvement in trying to get the supervisors to uh, get together more often, share video, have conversations. And, you know, as you go back many years, you, you always heard about the, the game was called differently in the West than the East. And, and they've tried to bridge that as much as they possibly can. So every month um, I'm on a call, as is Langer and the other supervisors and Jeff Fulton from the NCAA and sometimes Ty Halpin's on it from the NCAA. And, and we go over um, clips. And so what do you think? What kind of, is this a five? Is it a five in a game? You know, um, is it a boarding? Um, so is it too many men on the ice? Different scenarios. So that that's going on all year. We went to the Big Ten meetings and in, in, uh, not Big Ten, but we went to the Big Ten offices in January so we could get together in person uh, to watch games and uh, spend two days going through the same thing. And, and so, one so this is the, the hockey commissioners and the heads of officials. Is that who just me? I'm the only one. The commissioner. I represent the commissioners. They, okay. they nominate. They kind of nominated me, nominated me saying, well, with your background, we want you to kind of represent the commissioners. So I report back to our commissioners meeting what, what goes on. So I'm on every one of those calls. I'm watching the video. Video gets shared almost weekly, uh, much like we did this weekend. Uh, you know, it could be like a hit. You know, is this a suspendable hit? You know, um, and, and you want to get just get input from other supervisors because they don't have any skin in the game. It's just how they see it. Uh, so, so I think we work really well uh, together. Um, and and so this is as I said, this has been going on for two years. I, I think it is helpful in in, in what we do uh, and trying to get everybody on the same page as much much as we possibly can. Okay. So the uh, the call. I guess so. The call at uh, on the no goal. Uh, so the some of the contention is related to the interference call, and we definitely have a question about that. Yeah. So, so in your mind, what is goalie interference? I I'll go back to what I've told the eighties all year. What I've told the uh, coaches all year. It is without question the most difficult and controversial call we have in our game. 
I mean, you can go back to Buffalo and Dallas in the seventh game of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is it a goal or not goal? All year long, if you're in the crease, it's not a goal. They score in overtime. I think it was Brett Hull's foot was in the crease in it's pandemonium, and they called it a goal. It is it's not a call that has unanimity. I'll be very frank. Um, because two people can look at the same thing and have a different viewpoint. It is, it, it, and we saw that most of the time, like when we met um, in January at the Big Ten offices, when we walk, look, look at a major penalty, what, what's the call? For the most part, there's unanimity on it's a major, maybe a little bit less, is it a major in a game or just a standalone major? You know, because one of the rule changes we had this year was, you know, let's not throw as many players out of the game with the automatic five in a game, you know, the ones that are close, let's, let's let those kids call the five fine, but let those players stay in the game. We don't play that many games. I, I think that's been a real positive change um, for our college hockey in general. And a lot of, a lot of players to stay in the game. One year and too we, late, but okay. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I, I was, to be honest, I was on that bandwagon and that call, I was at the game. I think that helped move it forward with everybody just saying, you know what? He didn't deserve to get thrown up at that. Yeah. The ref's hands were tied. They, that was, they couldn't, if they gave him a five, they had to give, give him a game. Now they, they maybe they could have called a boarding, but that's, that's a different story. But that quite frankly helped move that along. Getting back to the, the uh, contact with a goalie, you can have 10 people in the room and you're not going to get agreement. By 10 people and certainly you're going to get i use i like to use a term whose ox is being gored <laughs> it's i guarantee you every michigan tech fan thinks that should be a goal i guarantee you every minnesota state fan thinks it's no goal and and that's that's where it is it's very it's a subjective there's not a definition of, of what is um goalie interference what's not i mean they have issues in the nhl you have the best referees in the world that's all they do and and there's controversy in the nhl about goalie interference every year and and we uh, unless you put in the rule that you absolutely cannot be in the crease if you are if your foot's in the crease it's no goal but we went away from that because we want to try to get more scoring in the game so you're going to have situations like this from my perspective um i was down behind the benches because it was like last four minutes of the game, you know, Minnesota State's up by a goal. And so it's like, I might have to present the cup. So I, I, I got to be down there. So I did not have a good vantage point of it at all. Um, what about the 12 and, times it was on the scoreboard right in front of you? That's, that's, then, then I did look at it there. And that is from our CCHA protocol. That's allowed. That's allowed until um, they, the, the referees make an announcement to go in and view. So okay. at that point in time, they can't show it anymore. So um, from a protocol standpoint, everything was followed pretty well. Now, did the length of time go on too long? That's that's a fair argument, but let's face it. I, I'm willing to bet for those officials, that was probably the, as difficult a call they ever had to make in their career with what was at stake. I mean, everybody knew it was at stake. Um, I knew it. I mean, going in and, and you know, I'm, I was, I, I joke with Joe the day before it's the old Kirby Puckett 
uh, Jack Buck back for the Twins. I think it was 91 or 87 when he hit the home run, and we'll see you tomorrow night. And uh, we're able to do that and come back on Saturday night. So that that call, the, the, it was magnified. If it happened in October, guys would have, everybody would have been still upset, but not not to the magnitude that we have today. And, and I, I get it. I understand that. Um, but, you know, going back to the goal was scored, and as an official behind the net, what are you watching? The only thing you're concerned with is, did the puck cross the line at that point? You're not, you can't get caught up in what's going on in the crease. The back official, he's got to go look through a force at that time. So it's very difficult for him to, to make a call in that situation. So um, now you're in a situation where the referees can't look at that. That rule has been changed this year as well. It used to be the referees had the discretion to go look at that. And in, in, in the heat of the moment, I even forgot about that. It's like, God, why aren't they looking at that? That's pretty close. And, and, and I, I even, to be very transparent, I even called Langer. I said, Langer, why aren't they looking at this? He says, they can't. By rule, that has to be a challenge. And so there was a look, you know, they went to the, they went and conferred as all four. And we've instructed, Kevin has instructed them to do that. So they met over by the, because uh, I watched it in the morning, right, when it was on replay for flow. So I, I sequenced the whole thing Sunday morning. And so I, I watched what, how it went down. They went over to the, uh, the referee's the crease. Yep. Yeah, referee's crease. They talked, the captains came over um, and talked to them. And at that point in time, I think the captain went over to Mike and said, they can't look at it. And you challenge. And I think that's when you look at it. Mike's like, come on, come on. I got to talk to you. And under the circumstances, I think that's fair for the official to go over. I think one went to Mike's bench, one went over and talked to Joe um as they should and um mike's argument was that they should look be looking at it it's, it's not a challenge so the referee went over to the, the second ref talked to him about it he came back over and 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 i give him a lot of credit it was very calm um uh, in his delivery and he said mike you have to challenge this by rule we're not allowed to look at it and if you lose your challenge it's a penalty which is so new I, this year, right? That's also which is new. new this year as well. Last but, year, you, know, you could only challenge if you still had your timeout. If you didn't, you couldn't challenge anymore. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, in, what ended up happening is the offside came off. Um, that became a challenge. I believe the uh, goaltender interference was moved to a challenge. I think a year ago, referees could look at that on their own. So, there's new things that came into place because. I think there was a lot of concern. There's too many reviews, right? Slowing the yep. game down. And so yep. that, that's one. Well, there's the too much time for the refs to contemplate reviewing and then Correct. review it. And it just yep. drags it out instead of just yes. being point blank. Yep. If you want to challenge, the coach has got to make a decision. Yeah. And, and, and with that, and that's a good, because we, we had some issues earlier in the year, but the referees taking too long to decide if they were going to look at a review. And, and so we try to press upon our officials that you got to make your decisions quicker. And so one of the things we did with that is once they made the decision, instead of having the guy going to look at it, make the announcement, he went into the box and his partner made the announcement just to try to speed things along a little bit. You know, so the reality, the time of when the referees started to go talk to Mike and then they announced they were going to review is about a minute 10. And, and I know this is a little longer than we like, but I, I guess it's a little bit of a forgivable offense for me, for the officials, because of the magnitude of everything that was that was at stake. So now you go and you look at the review, and um, 
it was a it was a difficult decision, as we said. Some people are going to view it as absolutely it should have been a goal. Others are going to say absolutely the correct call. And I've I've heard both sides of that. And that you know what, that's gonna, never going to change. Uh, it's going to be like that for this call. It's going to be like that for other calls as we deal with goaltender interference. My big thing from my standpoint, and again, I, I, Kevin's in charge of the officials. And I try to tell Kevin, and, you know, we talked about this when I heard him. I said, Kevin, the officials, that's your team, just like Joe coaches his team. And there's going to be games, you know what? The officials have a bad game. Just like players have a bad game and you show them video and you teach and you try to bring them along. Um, and, and that's what we've, we've tried to do. Our, our officials are not perfect. Um, they, no official is ever going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. All we can do is own up to when we do make a mistake and um, try to make them better. And uh, that, that's what we, uh, Kevin, we show them video, we talk. Um, so there's a lot of coaching going on all season long with the officials. And for the most part, I think they do a pretty good job. Are they are they perfect? No. Do they miss calls every game? Yes. Um, but you hope at the end of the year that for the most part, it balances out from start to finish. That that's that's what you hope. And um, from a fan's perspective, I I, I get their frustration. Um, I I've been plenty of games where I've had the heart ripped out of me. It's no fun. It's disappointing. Um, but. From I looked at it, how, how they arrived at what they did, I get it. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't have been hypercritical of them if they would have said the goal counts. But I guarantee you, I'd be sitting on a podcast with every <laughs> Minnesota State fan. Hey, you'd be talking to Shane. <laughs> and and that's just that's just the reality of it. it, it yeah. It's not easy, you know. As I and, and one of the things I, I told the officials today before I got, and I said, you know what. I commend the officials. It was probably the most difficult call they've ever had to make. You know, I go back to a year ago and in, in how the, 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 the championship game ended. I was faced with a, the most difficult decision I ever had to make on all my coaching career. And, and when that was presented with me, I'd already given out the, the Mason cup And what do I do? And the only thing in my mind, forget the arrows, forget everything else was, what do I believe in that moment? And I have 30 seconds to make a decision is the right thing to do. And in, in, in my mind, I, my, my thought process was the players at Bemidji state, the seniors that looks like they're going to end their career on a goal. that shouldn't count. And I, I just couldn't live with myself. So I said, we have to go look at it. No, I had, I made some mistakes. I wish in the heat of it, we would have made an announcement to the crowd that we are, in fact, looking at it, I actually had a fan come up to me, you know, compliment the decision that was made, but wished he wasn't driving home when he found out the game was going on. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I feel bad about that. And, and that was that was a mistake on our part. But again, there's so much going on. And, you know, even from a fan perspective, you there's no stress when you're looking at that. You have plenty you have you can look at it for 24 hours. That official goes in there. He's been trained um, on, on um, his interpretation. And again, you can have, you, I guarantee you, if you have 10 officials in there, all 10 aren't going to have the same result. It's just, it's not going to happen. I think you'll, you'll have some that said it was a goal. You're going to have others that said no goal. Um, and, and 
I can just tell you that they, in a very difficult decision, they made the decision that they felt was right. Without all the outside noise, they understood the ramifications. Um, and, and then you make your decision. And, and that, that, that's all I can ask of them. Um, and again, there's, there's probably not a Michigan Tech fan. There's nothing I can say that's going to say, you know what? We still think we got the shaft. I understand. And, and I, I wish that wouldn't we have just, happened. We just wanted Minnesota State to share for once in six years. <laughs> well, I, hey, I, 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 can, I, I won't say how I felt. Let's put it that way. That, you know, I, I mean, it, you know what? It's and good to have this, some parody, isn't it? Like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I told I and I told this to Mike. I said, you know what, Mike, here's the reality. That trophy would mean more to tech community, their players and the program than it does yours. And I don't mean that disrespectful. I just mean that uh, we're, we're not going to hide it someplace where the average fan can't look at it. I know that. No, no. And that, and that was my point that I, I, I know what it meant because I, I can go back to you know, my early days of coaching, the first time we won the McNaughton Cup when I was at CC, what it meant the first time we were in the NCAA tournament in many, many years, what it meant uh, to get to a Frozen Four, what it meant. So I, I, I get that side of it. And that's why, and Mike, he didn't disagree. I mean, when you've won it now eight out of nine years, it's like it can be a yawn and, and an expectation, whereas doing it the first time you have, haven't in a while, that's the thrill. Yeah. That's the yeah. euphoria, and, and I get that. And that, and, that, and that was, I and feel, that, like, my reaction in the moment when we tied it shorthanded, like, I went ecstatic because I never thought that was going to happen. Correct. And all the fans around me are like, you know, calm down. And I'm like, you guys don't get this. You've won championships. Yes. I've seen one from my living room since I've yeah. been alive, and I got <laughs> missed it because I couldn't go that weekend. Like, were you at the? You were at? Were you at the game? I was at both games this weekend. Yeah. 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 And, and I, like I, I was down there and then it was disallowed and it's like, oh, well, and then they the scored. Other... They, when, 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 uh, tech scored, I turned around, I put my head, hand on my head. I go, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like, I, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe they yeah. scored. This is well, great. In both cases though, you talk about the call last year with, uh, with the Bemidji game and in this one, in both of them, the game sorted itself out, right? Yes. Mankato scored again. We scored again. It's yep. not like we didn't come back and score another goal that probably wouldn't have happened had the first one stayed, right? You know, we we tied it up again. Yeah. The the loss of the game isn't on the ref's decision. But, but we did have a to penalty this... to kill because of the way it played out. Yeah, but there was nothing wrong with that penalty. We scored shorthanded anyway. I know, the... I know. But then we still had a penalty to kill instead yeah. of being five on five or being yes, I don't disagree, on a power play the... because they lost their challenge. <laughs> we have one of the top penalty kills in the country, and that's the one time it lets us down when you need 45 more seconds to close a game out. I, I you it's know, what? the one time. It was yeah. one time, but one of the yeah. few times. Well, this year. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I honestly thought that when Tech scored the shorthanded, they'd get to overtime because I thought it was such a dagger back. Yeah. To yeah. Minnesota State. Yeah. I didn't know if they could recover in a minute. And, 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 and to their credit, they scored. But that's that, competition. And that's, yeah, you know, that's the resolve of both teams. I mean, yeah. you have to give both teams credit. I mean, you know, that was a, kicking the you-know-what when they took away the goal, and yet they came back and scored. And you could see right. the emotion when they scored, rightfully so. It's like, hey, here are the you, you know yeah. what? Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. right. and, 
Yeah, it Absolutely. was ridiculous. It's, and it's 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 also very fun that the the way the the league played out this year and the fact that the race to the McNaughton Cup came down to Tech and Mankato and it was in Mankato to decide which one of the two teams will get it and there wasn't the possibility of somebody else coming up and snatching it. It was a really neat end and I think kind of like putting that situation in a pressure cooker is kind of like put everyone's emotions like even harder into it. Like I'm sure yeah. we don't need to speak about that anymore, but I definitely I, I see where Joe was coming from, like when he said that he felt like we needed to be two goals better because he, he you know, he obviously felt the goal should have counted. But I definitely, I, I feel where he's coming from there. But I also understand what Rob's saying, where if they don't have that goal disallowed, maybe they yeah. don't come back and score after yeah. that so easily. And, and, just... and I, re- you know, what? I respect Joe's feeling. Uh, if I were in his shoes, I'd probably feel the same way. And there's, there's nothing I can say to Joe that that's going to change his mind. And I get that. I mean, you, when you, when you put as much effort into it and you get so close and I mean, Hey, they're a minute away. And, you know, we made sure that we went through the scenarios and I talked to people. It's like, I have never seen all the years I was around the old WCHA or even the big 10. I don't remember ever the two teams playing each other in the final weekend for the championship. The last time I can honestly remember that I think was 1979 I believe North Dakota and Minnesota played the final weekend of the year in Minnesota. North Dakota won and got the McNaughton Cup, and the Gophers ended up beating in the national title that year by the goal of the Neil Broughton goal. But other than that, I just I don't recall it ever happening. We had this scenario where if they tied, we're going to present the cup to Minnesota State. They were going to take their picture. They were going to leave the ice, and they were going to present it to, to Michigan Tech, and they were taking it on the bus home. Yeah, if we couldn't win, we were certainly rooting for that chaos just to see that play out on the ice. And I know I know Perry wrote a script and everything for how it was going to play out, but I still wanted to see it play out that way. Um, So to kind of circle back, I I know Joe's big contention is around how the goalie interference has been called in tech games this year. Mm -hmm. What so the rule specifically states that it's the whether or not the contact inhibits the goalie's ability to defend the goal. So how does the contact on Saturday inhibit his ability when there's no way he's getting across the crease because his defender's blocking his ability to ever cover that post? Well, uh, it's a, that's the subjectivity to the call, right? Uh, the, the, I've heard other people give the argument that how do you know if he's not given the chance? How do you know he can't get a leg up? How he, I mean, a flail or whatever. You just don't know. So that's the subjectivity. Because that when I watched that originally, when he went into the crease originally and bumped the goalie, that was perfectly legal because he got shoved in. Yeah. It's it's the the um, the viewpoint then changes based on taking a stick on top of the goalie and pushing it down. That's that's where at that point, if that didn't happen, that's a good goal. But it happened. So now it's that interpretation. And this is where I tell you there's not going to be unanimity. Yeah. And it yep. just it's just not. And and so some people, somebody's going to be as passionate that says that didn't inhibit his ability to make a goal. And somebody else is going to say he interfered with his ability to make a save by putting a stick and, and, and hitting him and pushing him down. And so that's going to be the other side. And, and I had somebody say, well, how do you know? How do you know he couldn't have made the save? 
you, you're guessing he couldn't make the save. He never had the chance. Yeah, so, but he's again, also. I'm not saying yep. I'm not saying either side is right. Yeah. I'm just saying that's that's the reality. And and I know you guys are aware of this. We do share this, and we and I go Langer, send this out because if if we if if we're wrong, we need to admit we're wrong. And and we did we did send it out to every supervisor. We sent it out to the NCAA people, everybody that we're with. And there's nine people. And and seven said no goal, and two said goal. So I that's well. I need to become to, friends. I need to buy a couple drinks for the two. Who are they? No, no. I, well, I, I'm not going to say who they were. Oh no, we wouldn't expect you. I to. know I don't expect you <laughs> to, but and, I had to say. And you know what? And, and this is good timing because our next call is Wednesday. Our yeah. next call is Wednesday, so this will be front and center, and we'll go through it. But I guarantee you, there'll be another play, whether it's in our playoff or somebody else's playoff, that's going to be close. And some people are going to say that's no goal. And some people are going to say it's a goal because that's, they're so, so difficult. Well, and the other thing, you can't, from, from you can't this pigeonhole one. what it is. Like yep. we, when we say uh, a check, uh, let's say a major for um, contact to the head, you oh, know, like did in he Denver jump? Western. <laughs> did he, well, I didn't see those, but I, I'm just saying, did he jump? Did he expand? Did he put his arm up? Was it lateral? So you have like four or five things that can guide you to your, your call. It's it's so much more difficult with the contact goal. It just it just is. So the other thing, which I don't blame the refs for not noticing this if they didn't, because it took me like a hundred views and talking to Joe today to ever notice this. But on one of my last views of or one of the last dozen views, I realized that it looks to me like when Rensier's trying to get back up and he pushes his hockey stick out to get up, he pushes out Ashbrook's foot. So if if he's pushing out Ashbrook's foot and he loses his balance and that's why he falls on Rensier and pushes up, isn't that not because it's created by what Rensier did? Now, I'm not saying that that's clearly what happened, but the rule is, is if the defensive, if the defense's contact is the one that leads to the contact with the goalie, it's not goalie interference, right? Correct. Correct. Well, there, let's caveat that. You still the obligation of players to try to avoid the contact. Like if you get shoved, you can't lower your shoulder and hit the goalie. You're going to sure. hit a pen, right? <laughs> true, true. So, I mean, you got to do everything yep. you can. You got to do everything you can to try to avoid the con contact. I I like, I haven't seen that, so I don't. I can't comment. Yep. And on I know that. you can't. Yeah, like you can't directly comment on that because it, it's hard to like. Like I said, until I got told Ashbrook's perspective of the play, I never noticed that. Yeah. And even yeah. after I was told it, I had to watch it like four times from each angle yeah. to feel like it felt like the stick actually is the reason Ashbrook loses his balance. Yeah. Um, so it's not an easy call and certainly they only have a couple minutes and whatever size TV and the, yeah. and the no, ref box and obvious, but I'm also only watching it on my phone. So it's not like mm -hmm. I have a whole lot bigger screen or anything. So it's, I understand how <clears throat> difficult the call is, but I also understand where Joe has been coming from about how the way the call went against uh, with the Bemidji game back in October that took away a two goal lead in a game they eventually lost. Uh, after that, 
and then the goal against Northern where it goes the other way and Northern gets a goal that Joe thinks should be disallowed. And then he's he, uh, from his perspective, he's told that after review of the Bemidji goal that you kind of tweaked how you would uh, call it going forward. So he kind of got screwed by complaining about the first one because you changed how you would do it on the second one. And then it feels like this third one is somewhere in between and and all three calls went against tech this year so i understand why he's so frustrated about it yeah. and tech fans are too because if uh, if the bemidji call goes our way in the first one and they hang on to a two goal lead instead of losing five to two they're still mcnaughton cup champions because that's three more points and and they're ahead of uh of uh, minnesota state so it it just kind of sucks how it all played out and I can understand why Joe was so frustrated and why anybody listening to this who didn't listen live wasn't able to hear the post game or the Joe show because Joe struggled to, I don't think he struggled to control his emotions today on the show, but he certainly did on Saturday from what Dustin told us. Cause he was the only one that listened, I think to Joe while Rob and I were at the game, Matt, I don't know what you were doing listening to the Mankato guys, maybe. Uh, yeah. And, uh, doing my best to cope with how everything was going. Yeah. That, that was a roller coaster. I know my <laughs> girlfriend just... was, was very shocked at how I handled the end of that game that yeah. I was not <laughs> more irate in the moment. And I was like, well, I like, I don't know what to be like for me. <laughs> I, I think I was just, I was, I was, I was in disagreement with how the uh, at least that was called. I feel like there were other people that were making a big deal about officiating the whole game, but I thought I was more or less fine. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but I was able to take a step back in that moment and remember kind of what Don was talking about in the beginning, that this was a team that did not have expectations that were near this high. And to be as horrible as losing it a minute away is the, the Huskies were losing a minute, it a minute away. away twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as heartbreaking as it is, uh, this team that was expected to be like somewhere between sixth and fourth was a minute away from being Monoton Cup champions. And that's a huge credit to the program. And now it's time to shift that focus to the playoffs and seeing what we can do and, there and hopefully yeah. the NCAA tournament after that. And and that's why it hurts so much. Yeah. There's no doubt. And that that's a piece of it. And, and you know what? I, I feel bad, but I, I guess it, it still gets back to the 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 calls are so difficult. You can't cookie cut it. You, you said it. You go in there, you have a minute, two minutes to make a decision. So you're looking at the view. You come to a decision. Um, whichever, that's one of those where the officials, it, it's no win. Whatever they decided, they were going to get criticized. And, and, and it, I just want to go back to um, – I can't say any side is wrong or any side is right. It's just, it's that difficult call on goaltender interference. And as, as I shared, there wasn't unanimity in the official supervisors across the country. So if they would have said goal and left it there now, because of that, there's, you could defend it. Right. Yep. But they chose based on the information they had to call no goal. And you can defend that too. It doesn't make it any easier but it's, it wasn't a call that, oh, everybody said they missed the call. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a segment that says they, they made a mistake in the call and it should have been a goal. But just as many, if not more, are saying they made the right call. So 
that I, that's the the difficulty of it. I like the, the the refing. I think this weekend was honestly, I think it was good. That might be surprising to hear yeah. from a tech fan. It was, and I, and I did too. I, I went into the referees' locker room after Friday's game, and I complimented. Uh, and yeah. I said, you know what? You guys called a really good game. Um, I was a little concerned until you called the first penalty. I thought, that, you know, <laughs> starting to, starting to, you need to call when I'm up there. Go, you just need to call one to take the temperature down a little bit. They did. <laughs> then they called another one, played hockey. And you know what? On Saturday, um, I thought they called a pretty good game too. You know, no, some would say, geez, Minnesota State had more power plays. But I think we'd all agree Minnesota State had the puck majority of the game till midway through the third period yeah. and if you have the and puck all of the second gonna... period yeah. and so it's only natural that if you have the puck you're not going to commit a foul on um, i mean and and so you know it wasn't an easy uh call to make on the penalty shot they did tech took advantage of that that changed the momentum for sure without question that changed the momentum of the game our power play is let's be honest relatively atrocious this year yeah yeah, two and that's minutes, a, that two two minutes with a man isn't going to help us. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> it's looked bad over the last month, but it still hasn't produced nearly enough. Right, it's yeah. Needs I mean, to it, it, the, it, yeah. yeah, if they could I, get one at night, and their penalty kill has been really good. That's why, to be honest, I thought because their penalty kills penalty kill has been so good all year long, yeah. you know, that they would kill off that last minute. But you know, you got to give Minnesota State credit for making the the play that they they did make so you know that's why i'm glad the timing's great i'm really glad i had an opportunity to come on with you guys to discuss this because there's many fans that may think i'm full of crap and i'm okay with that but <laughs> i hope they just I, I hope they understand the 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 this the logic the sequence how difficult and respect that piece of it they don't have to agree with it they don't have to agree with with uh how i've presented it i'm, I'm just trying to present the facts with transparency um because I, I love the the the, um, the passion of Michigan Tech fans, and, and I just had a conversation with actually Bob Motzko today, and um, and I said he goes, well, how how are they drawing up at Tech? I said, you know what, Bob? I said you should take your team up there because they're that would be done, nice. <laughs> they they've done a remarkable job. I said it's like a European soccer match. The flags are waving. They get great attendance. They've they've made all these upgrades in their building. They've just done a terrific job up there. And uh, Tech in many ways is, you know, Minnesota State's been here, but Tech's been, you know, kind of that next team. And 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 you almost want to use a model franchise, but they're not a franchise, but a model program for the CCHA. No, we, we yeah. agree. <laughs> Hopefully, um, they may not agree. I hopefully I've explained it the best I, I could. Uh, as I said from the beginning, I think transparency is the best policy. And, um, you know, I, somebody said, well, you shouldn't go on this. And I go, why not? I mean, I, I'm, I'm going on this. I know you guys, you guys will be fair. And then, you know what? If you ask a couple of tough questions, that's okay. I, I can deal with it. That's part of my job. And we're all in it together. Yep. We need, we need quality officials. We need our fans. We need our coaches. We need our players. We all want the same thing. We we it's, all want our teams to have success, get to the NCAA tournament, and, you know, someday win a national title. That's what we all want. Yeah, sports one big orchestra. You all play your little part, right? I mean, if the fans yeah. aren't there, the game is boring. If the away Correct. fans aren't there, egg it on the home fans, the home fans are bored and quiet. 
Yeah, how many how many chants would Mankato have done if you hadn't started a bunch of cheers, Rob? <laughs> I um I, I was the one that started let's go tech three or four times in the third that got the arena angry at me. Yeah, yeah. they kept they kept saying uh they, they kept yelling Mankato. Of you, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 After hearing yeah, I mean, what Don, after hearing what Don said about officials watching video, it makes me wonder how many times did um, Marco and Shep watch video back in the old WCHA days? Well, we probably didn't have a good enough laptop back yeah. then. So, and I and I can tell you, like every Friday, Saturday night, if I'm not at a game, I'm on Flow Sports watching the games, <laughs> and yeah. and I don't I don't watch from start to finish because I I kind of bounce around, and if a game's getting heated, I'll I'll stay on that one a little bit. Every night, Langer and I talk at the end of every night about the games, about the officiating. He, he calls every officials group after every night to, to uh, debrief how the game went. Um, is there any concerns that, you know, anything that he should be looking at? Cause, it, um, and, and that's part of the process. I knew when I got hired, it was an issue. And that's why I've taken such an active role in, in helping to try to make it better. And again, I'm not perfect. Langer's not perfect. Our officials are not perfect, but I just, I, I really want to get across that they're trying their best and, and they do have passion of what they do. And, and it's our job to keep working with them to make them better. But I can promise you that this call on goaltender interference, it's, it's always going to be controversial. We're never going to arrive at where two people view it exactly the same. Um, and, and, and sometimes we just have to accept it. You, you try to nuance it as much as we possibly can, how you, how you can get it more defined, but it, it's just very difficult. And it's ironic that when I spoke to the ADs and coaches, it's one of the few calls that impacts the goal, uh, an actual goal right away. Right. Yes. Other penalties yeah. aren't a goal, no goal situation. This is one of the few that's literally taking points off the board if you go yes. one way or the other. and they're so hard to get, especially for mm -hmm. tech. So, and that's why, and that's why they changed the rule to allow some of that contact because we're trying to find a way to score more goals in, in our sport. Yeah, yeah. The thing that struck me on it was like, I I saw Tim your interaction on Twitter with Shane, and his conclusion was, well, the right call was made in the end, and. So no matter how we got there, the right call was made. So it's okay. And I'm like, well, the right call is made. is very subjective. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, necessarily right. agree that like, the right call was made. No, and I'm not. And I'm not sure as a neutral where I'd sit on this. Sitting there as tech fans talking to Biddy and Bethlen, I, I said right away that if they review it, it's not a goal. You can see his stick go into the guy's back as he's trying to stand up, and he can't move. Now, could he have got over? Maybe not. I'm pretty sure he was blocked by the other D-man. Did he actually take Ashbrook's skate out and cause him to fall into it? It doesn't matter. Two hands of the stick in the back. I think the right call was made, and the hockey gods took care of it and let us score again right away. Yeah. We then let Mankato score again. <laughs> That's not the ref's fault. <laughs> we need to stop. Looking yeah. at it as the rest problem so much, <laughs> it's not. No, I, no, I agree because because like you said, the the no matter after that call, Michigan Tech still had a chance to get to overtime mm -hmm. without scoring another goal. For sure, they just had to not give one up for what was it, forty six seconds or something. It's it's the most insane or two minute minutes six. of hockey I think I've seen 
in my entire time of watching hockey. Well, we have one more question that does have to do with Saturday. What's the deal with the drone? And did you guys have, is there going to be some, some conference rule about that going well, forward? Yeah. Yeah. That, it's a fair question. I, I, in the heat of what was going on, I didn't think about it, but they were, Mike was supposed to talk to Joe about it. Um, what it was is it, Mike sent me uh, early in the week. This guy does these things and they're big time productions. And uh, he was able to get this person to do it for a fraction of the cost. So he sent me the video of they did it for Duke basketball. And it was phenomenal. It was about a two minute. We thought, boy, this could be great branding for the CCHA. You know, we're going to have a championship this weekend. Um, I thought about, you know, the whole, you know, the marketing for our league. Um, the You think about football and they got those cameras on the strings that are, you know, behind the play. Um, I, I, so I said, yeah, I'm, I, I'm in favor of that, you know, make sure they're aware. Um, I was, I thought they got a little too aggressive in the first period. They backed off in the second. Um, and then I told Perry, make sure they talk to their SID in the third. I don't want them uh, over the ice at all. There's too much at stake now. Uh, the game was, I think, zero, zero at that point. And I said, let's just, you know, I don't want to have any distractions. Um, and then the second night they were there as well, and they could have got some, they were going to get great footage of whoever won. Um, so it wasn't like it was just only a Minnesota state. They were paying for it. Um, Mike had somebody that, that pointed up the money to do it. Uh, we're going to end up being able to put it on our website. And, and so we thought it would be a good branding graph, grant, um, uh, marketing for, for our league. And, and uh, that's why we said, you know what, Let, let's do it. And, and that's why on Saturday night it was good that we let them, Truly around the the, uh, the fans, you know, come over a little bit during stoppages. And then I'm sure uh, they filmed some of it during the, uh, the McNaughton Cup ceremony. So that that's that was the purpose of it. It was just, you know, it was a small drone. But I mean, there was a couple of times in that first period on Friday. It's like, ooh, we're a little bit too aggressive. We, we're going to need to back this up. We don't need to be buzzing the goalie. During it the sounds like field. a giant mosquito <laughs> going over your head. Well, it, it did. It, it was not quiet. It like six times. inches in the, in yeah. the GoPro. And it... it, it You'll see the final product, but as I said, I mean they're they're doing it for the SEC football. They're I mean they're going. Yeah, I'm all looking forward to seeing it. It should be it's, cool. I... It, it should be really cool. And, and you know, Suzanne texted me about it, and and I explained it, and you know, and, and I said, well, back it off, you know, but she thought hey, it's a cool idea, and you know, it's something you know a lot of people could do, and you know, with the marketing, get that drone footage, and you know, just coming in the crowd outside the game, like they in the Duke footage. The, you know how they have Shosheskyville with all yeah. the tents? Yeah. It flies over it and it literally flies through one of the tents and out the other side. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, the, it, it was really cool. Well, the stuff we those have guys can do with too, a full so. VR is nuts. Have, have yeah, you guys it's, seen? It's amazing what they can do now. So that that that's the story behind that. But I, I hope we get to a little bit the conference as a whole here and how competitive. You know, it wasn't just the, the, the games in, in, at Minnesota State. I mean, the, you know, Northern made their run. They had to go to you know, they went and swept, ended up fourth place, you know, won six out of their final seven games. You know, we went into that final weekend. We had a scenario we could have a three-team tie for fourth, so we had all the tiebreakers figured out. The one thing I was happy about this year is the compression in the league. You know, um, yeah. from top to bottom, it was it was made way more competitive, way more compressed. Um, hey, Lake State took points from uh, uh, Minnesota State in Minnesota State early in the year. You know, Lake State's playing their better hockey right now. St. Thomas made a huge jump this year. 
fair state rebound from a couple of difficult um, uh, years. Bowling Green, you know, going into that last week, and the only thing we knew was Bowling Green was third and Lake State was eighth. Everything else was, you know, four yep. through seven was up yeah. to grass. Seven could still get home two. ice on the last. Yeah. Well, no, seven <laughs> couldn't get home ice, I don't think, but they no, could get seven, all the way to they fifth. They were too far behind Bemidji. Yep. They couldn't have caught Bemidji. But they could have gotten so, all the way to fifth. Yep. So yes. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And so two weeks ago, great. we could have, seven could have gotten home ice two weeks ago. Yes. So it was yes. pretty cool how, how, yeah, we, we've definitely been happy with, with the increased parity in, in that nobody was terrible to the point of like, they're going to crush you pairwise this year. Yeah. That's, that's a huge difference. We don't have the pairwise too. bomb at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. There's but no, even then we, we, we did not, we did not do well against Lake state and yet we still are 11th. So I know, but we just need to do better against in the non-conference like as Overall. a whole. Yeah, well, that's win, that's win five more games. Yeah, yeah, that's the key for the league. Non-conference is is huge, and and as I've said, that's one of the conundrums. How many league games you play? Um, some teams want more league games. Some people want less because it's easier to schedule. Um, and we're in the footprint of the Big Ten and the NCHC. You know, those are good teams. You I know, mean, let's so, be let's be honest. Like, Tech is where they are in the pairwise because of three games. Two games against Alaska and Boston University. Yeah, those are huge wins, especially up in, in Alaska because those mm-hmm. are um, bonus points up there. Quality win road games, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a so, huge sweep. To kind of follow up on that, um, uh, one of our uh, uh, Discord uh, chat people, I guess, uh, wants to know, uh, we've seen a lot of improvements this season with uh, video quality and the teams in general. What uh, are you looking to improve and build upon for next season as a league? Any changes in the pipeline that you're already trying to work on? Or is there a next the, the, progression with the video feeds that's supposed to improve again? This upcoming year is teams had three years to get up to snuff with everything we wanted to do from a video camera. So some teams are already there. There's a couple teams that have to add a few things this upcoming season. Um, So this is the year that everybody will be at 100% what the expectations are for the league. So I think that's that's a big one. This is upcoming year is the last year of our agreement with Flow Sports. Um, They very much would like to re-up with us. Um, There's some things that as we move forward, uh, we'll have to look at what other options are, like – some of the Eastern leagues are with ESPN plus uh, NCHC has their own TV. You know, there's financial issues with what we get from flow versus what ESPN plus the, you know, ESPN plus goes across the border. So they share with TSN, you know, we were trying to get some games on TSN plus this, this year, but again, it, it's difficult because of our, our, our exclusive agreement with flow uh, that was four years. Um, or three years, I should say, this is the last year of that agreement coming up. And then maybe there's some new options with uh, trying to get a few more games on linear TV. Like I personally would really like to find a way to get our championship game on linear TV. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's a big thing. It, it's, it's more difficult from the standpoint where we don't have a predetermined site. Um, so we don't know what that opponent's going to be or that, that home venue is going to be until the week of. Um, but I still, with all that, I still think that we're, we have the proper format for our league on home ice. I think the crowds are better, especially you get in that semifinal and final. Um, we're going to make a couple tweaks this year in our semifinals. Um, we're going to have uh, make it more like 
you know, this was Suzanne's idea to, you know, to kind of, what can we do better for the players? And so we sent out some uh, surveys uh, to the players and some of the feedback we had was, um, since it is on home ice to make it a, a more feel of a playoff versus going to somebody's rink like we do in the regular season. So we're not going to touch the quarterfinals, but you know, like if Tech's at home in the semifinals, you'll see a little bit of tweak that, uh, and, and I kind of felt that way when I was at the Minnesota state Bemidji state championship game, where it was like, everything was all about Minnesota state. It was like another home game. Well, you know what, this is our CCHA championship. So mm-hmm. a, a couple of things we'd like to do is, you know, if Minnesota state, when they show their uh, starting lineup, the guys are up on the, on the screen, we're going to do that for the visiting team as well. Instead of just having a 20 to 30 second highlight of Minnesota state and what the success they had, we'd like to have that same opportunity for the visiting team that before introductions is a little 20, 30 second blast you get. Like, like when you're at the NCAA tournament and the frozen four, when they, they put a lot of stuff on, on, the, on mm-hmm. the, um, on the ice. And then, you can't go you know, wrong with more hype videos, more hype yeah, videos. And, are better. and I think that's good. No, no, I can't, I can't say some of the coaches aren't, you know, hundred percent on board because they think that we, we got home ice. So we deserve every advantage. I, I don't look at it as an advantage as much as, better game atmosphere and making it better for the players. So we'll have Jersey patches, Mason cup, Jersey patches for the summit, all four semifinal teams, the officials, um, the CCHA playoff game pucks, um, the swag will go to the semifinalists, not just the two teams in the finals. So just trying to do a little bit more from, from the player standpoint. And then if the visiting team scores, you know what, if they have their goal song, we'll play it, you know? And, and as I told Joe, I mean, if you happen to, um, go on the road in, in the final game. And now if you have to go back to Minnesota state, I guarantee your band's going to be there and they're going to play and they should be able to play in, in that venue. And, and that's what we want. It makes for a better atmosphere. So those are some of the tweaks you'll see this year. Um, we'll go to, we'll go to the convention and get feedback from the coaches and, and, and athletic directors, what we can do better. Maybe some of the things we want to try to do for next year, but, you know, I think we have a good thing going, you know, I'm really happy with the, the bump St. Thomas has had, the announcement of the, the new facility that will be coming down the line. You know, Augustan is building their new facility. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. They're, oh, yeah. That place looks awesome. It'll be great. Um, so, you know, now a big part for me is getting them, you know, transition to, to Division One. I, I talk to Garrett every month just to see how it's going from his perspective, from recruiting and scheduling and everything else. I, and I think they're going to be a really good member. So, you know, two years of transition, year three, uh, they're going to be a, a full member. So uh, I think I think a lot of good things are happening within our league. I love the fact that how competitive we are. So we have good good, good coaches, um, passionate fans, and, and from my perspective, it's it's been enjoyable. You know, it's not easy when we have situations like happen on Saturday. Um, that's not way we, you know, we, we prefer not to have that. But, I mean, that's all part of sport. And, and we have to deal with it and we have to own up to everything. And that's why the timing was great for me to be on and, and talk about it. And as I said, some people aren't going to agree and think I'm full of it, but that's okay. Um, I respect their viewpoint and it just trying to educate on, on why, as I said, may not agree with why, but at least they understand why. And I think that's important as well. And all those people that are complaining, they can grab a whistle and go ref that peewee game that has that space in it and see what it's actually like. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, when you think about that, I mean, yeah. they go in there, 
the, all that pressure and they have like a minute to look at it mm-hmm. and render a decision. It's like, oh yeah, Tim's comment on noticing the stick was on what watch you said the hundredth time or so you yeah. watched it. Yep. You know, yeah. well, it's I mean, tough. Refing is hard. I know one of the best things Dustin and I ever did was go talk to the refs when they ended up at the DT after a game because you get to know the guys and you realize, like like you said, Don, that that they do care and they are trying to get it right and they're not trying to screw anybody. Uh, you know, and we got to know those guys to the point that we'd go see them at regionals yeah. or when we're out in Colorado or up in Alaska or whatever. And you get to frozen know the four. guys. <laughs> yeah, frozen fours. We get it. We ended yeah. up at parties we're not supposed to be at. But yeah. <laughs> well, and, and they hey, they have families. They're gone every weekend or most weekends. They're leaving their kids. You know, some. I mean, we had one official that his wife wouldn't let him ref this year. But yeah. um, that's not their full time job. Either. Either. So many people don't see Lang- that. Well, it's not, they're all part-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, of course. It's, it's, it's just a passion. You know, mm-hmm. the wife came up to Langer, I think, uh, ran into her and said, she's going to let her husband ref again next year because <laughs> the constraints with the little kids. And, and those are real issues. And, and yeah. so, I mean, you we could have, hey, somebody comes down with COVID, they, now you got to replace him. Or, um, hey, I can't. Something happened with my job. I, I can't ref this weekend. So there's a lot of moving parts with all that. So speaking of trying to find, uh, uh, you know, the right teams, what is on the horizon to get to 10? Uh, I think we'd all I'd be lying if I said we wouldn't want to get to 10. Um, eventually, we don't have to be in a hurry to get to 10. It, to me, it has to be the right team um, that fits the same profile that is committed. They have good facilities because I think good facilities are important. I, I think that helps attract recruits to your league. I mean, kids want to play in other places that are, you know, have good facilities and, and have good fan support. So, um, so what happens across the country with teams adding? Can there be movement within conferences? I mean, you always hear about that. Um, and, and so we're kind of on a hold. Like I, I would never want to expand beyond 10 teams in our league. I think that's enough. Um, but it, in, in an ideal situation in many ways would be, you know, have 10 teams and have, you know, a West and an East and play one side more than the other side and get back to maybe 26 league games and call it a day. So we'll see. We don't, again, we don't have to be in a hurry. We're going to have nine good teams. And if the 10th presents itself, great. If not, then you move forward with the nine. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I just hope uh, uh, I, I'm very conflicted on the east west split because living in Minnesota, I want tech in the west, but then that means they're not with northern <laughs> and lake state, which feels wrong. Well, I mean, no matter what, I can promise you that northern and tech will play four times every year. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. And I'm glad to hear that. That that I know that's I, the way it should be. As long as I'd I'm love to see one anyway. of the I'd love to see one of the other Wisconsin schools step up. It'd be a perfect fit. Eau Claire or I don't think St. Norbert or Green or UWGB is is UWGB would be perfect. I mean, purely selfish, I would love a backdoor arena by Green Bay now. So (laughs) it would be great, and it fits the league too. Yeah, St. Norbert would be great. Yeah, Eau Claire Arena. Yeah, I think we've uh, talked taking enough of your time tonight. Is there anything else you wanted to say in in wrapping anything up, or do we miss anything? No, I I, I think we're good. I appreciate being on. I appreciate all you guys' passion, as I said, for Michigan Tech, the CCHA, and college hockey in general. So it's great to see and um, be happy to be on with you guys anytime. Uh, we love having you. It's always a good chat. 
Yeah, thank yeah. you. This new gig seems to be a pretty good fit. So yeah, it's been fun. I've enjoyed. You know what? It, it's been it's been enjoyable. Are there difficult days? Yeah, there's some difficult days, but you try to do what's right. You, you deal with good people. I mean, hey, Joe's not happy with me. I, I understand that, but I respect Joe. Joe's a good man. Um, very strong convictions, and and so I have I respect him. I, I do, and and you know what? We've talked. Sometimes we agree to disagree, but that that's okay. You got to stick up for your team, and that's what he's done. And I and I I, I commend him for that. Thank you. Yep. Well said. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate having you on. And and I did hit record today, so we're good. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, and uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank All you right. again, Don. Talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Don. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. All right, we'll take a quick break and then we'll talk about the upcoming playoff series and anything else that you guys want to talk about. But we don't have a whole lot to say, I don't think. So, Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. I, I guess I should say welcome back, but um, I don't know how much of that will end up on Patreon or not. But, all of um, it. All of it. All of that in the middle there, yeah. So, um, uh, the biggest thing we haven't talked about, I guess, is the St. Thomas playoff series, and then we we can spend some more time, I think, talking about the the Richter Award and what Blake Pietel has meant to this team through the regular season. Um, I kind of went through this on Discord, so I guess we can just talk about this first before we talk about the playoff series, but. Uh, one of the things I went through on Discord uh, now that CHN has some filtering ability for stats is I tried to go through to get stats to compare all the rookies because, as we said last week, at least on Patreon, the toughest award is Rookie of the Year. The Rookie of the Year has four or five? I forget now. Is it five? Five legit candidates. Uh with Leighton Road probably being the front runner uh, because of what he's meant to Bemidji overall with, I think, Kyle Kukkonen right behind him because of what he's meant to Tech. Like, Tech is not second in this conference without the contributions of a freshman named Kyle Kukkonen and his and and on top of that, you know, his amazing commercial that you can all see on, that we posted on YouTube that will be running during the Minnesota high school hockey state tournament here this week. I wonder what be sure a fantastic recruiting tool there. Yeah. That's gotta be sure to get that liners this week. Not just from, but, and it's not just a, like 
I felt like half that commercial was about you like being rowdy at hockey games. Come to Michigan Tech, you can still be rowdy at hockey games. You yeah, know, like it wasn't yeah. even just like about it, the player. It wasn't just about. It was yes. about students about the who school. want to go there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's real good work. Cal put that together himself, right? No, that's the the other guy. Um, I I think it's it was the university marketing department, not just athletics. Okay, but gotcha. I also think the the biggest credit to that goes to the university and whoever the decision makers are that actually decided to take the chance to do something like that. Yeah. Put an ad like, during the tourney. Right. Like that is like, well, forward, and, forward and I don't know what that, like, I don't know what those ads cost, but there's something. a lot of eyeballs on broadcast yeah, television yeah. for that tournament this coming week. Like that's huge, oh. honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and you're I'm not sure just, and, and it's great it because they take a week. kid who played in it, what, two years ago. Right. They made mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah. Two, years ago. Two, two years ago. And I'm sure, yeah, like I said, I'm sure that's going to be playing again next week for the boys' tournament. So, they, like, yep. this past week was a, the girls' tournament. And um, it's, it, it really is great marketing. And the first time I saw the commercial, it was from a Mavericks fan complaining, complaining about, about how bad <laughs> yeah. their commercial was. I love that. Oh, well, he talks about he talks about the tech ad and then says something like, "Come to Mankato State, go bowling." <laughs> <laughs> and he's right though, because like yeah. it's like night and day difference. Like tech knocked that one out of the park. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean it. It's a hype video, and I posted it this morning, and it has over a thousand views on YouTube between posting it on Facebook and Twitter, and I commented on the Mankato fans tweet uh, that where he showed like his phone video of his tv where the audio is kind of sketchy i shared like the legit commercial and it, it it's just been awesome like i i'm shocked at how uh good it is because i haven't seen stuff like that before from tech because and then you know to what? do it in the minnesota market which i think is great because it's a really good school that more kids from minnesota should go to there's like 95 percent of the kids that are watching that state high school tournament have never heard of Michigan tech and they're out there wa- watching their high school team and cheering like that. And they watch that. Yeah. Like, they're like Oh, this looks awesome. Yeah. It's, it's at anything, least going to get a couple hundred more kids to go check out Michigan tech. They're going to go to the website. They're going to maybe know, take a visit, visit especially it, in the summer when it's mm-hmm. nice up there. <laughs> but, but is that really a big deal when you're, when you're targeting a hockey audience? I mean, I figure, no. Not That's yet. true. I don't think you're fooling any Minnesota kid by by going for <laughs> north. Many of them that they're yeah. going to be getting uh, more tropical weather. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was really great to see. I I thought it was top notch. Yeah, and then to uh, to kind of get back on the topic of Kyle himself, I, I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but I think he solidified himself on the All Rookie Team. Um, and and it's not to say that he doesn't uh, deserve all rookie honors uh, or rookie of the year honors uh, for what he's done. Cause I think he's done a lot, but I just have a hard time not picking Leighton road and what he's done this year. That's uh, right. It well. sounds like it's from the coaches uh, that vote on this. So I, I, I feel like uh, it still could be Kyle because of the impact he's had on the games he's impacted. But I think there were enough games where he didn't didn't do something that maybe it, it won't work out for him. Um, but he's got a lot of time left to uh, 
to show me why he should have won the award, even though the rest of the games aren't supposed to affect those awards. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's had an amazing season. Uh, I don't know. Where do you think this sits compared to what we were hoping to see out of him, Dustin? I I think it's right where we were, what we were, what we were hoping. Yeah, I think I, think I, I certainly be... think he scored enough goals. I think you would have hoped mm-hmm. maybe for a few more assists. Uh, but he's also killing it... penalties and 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 everything mm-hmm. else. Well, that, so... that part of his game, I didn't expect. I didn't expect him to be out there as a freshman killing penalties. Yeah, that's an unexpected, you know, benefit to his game that I didn't see. I I would say it's about what I had hoped and better than what I expected. Yeah, because he's he's uh what one year juniors right right high school so he's a young freshman especially for our league Mm -hmm. um and and he's he's lived up to the hype of what he was could be and you 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 hope that he can continue to progress and and kind of take the brian hallinan path of adding the another 10 assists next year to what he's got and a handful of goals and suddenly he's a 35 point guy instead of a 20 point guy um and 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 pushing for all conference honors not just all rookie honors right and and in the end that goal he scored late on saturday it didn't end up you know being you know the the deciding goal in the game like we had hoped it would be but you know he might we be rookie a, of the a, year if that goal holds for the, us to win. We first. Are, he might be rookie of the year after, if that shorty gets us the trophy. After that call, and then he skates down the ice and scores a shorty in that situation. That like yeah. talk about big time performance. Like that is yeah. huge. Well, and I think I said it when Don was on, but maybe not because it's probably something. Maybe I something I just said before we started recording or before Don even got on. One of the biggest things to me about last weekend that I think it's overlooked because of the controversy of the end is that this is one of the first times all year that Michigan Tech got behind because it doesn't happen that often this year. It was one of the few games, well, I think all, one of eight games all year that Michigan Tech didn't score first. Okay. And they got down two goals. And mm-hmm. this team has really, really struggled when they get behind. Look at what happened against Michigan, or not Michigan State, but against Western Michigan. And and look what happened in the game that one of the controversial inter- goalie interference plays against Bemidji early on, where they just kind of mm-hmm. collapsed after they got down a goal in that game. They were they were up 2-1. to one, They get down 3-2, and they give up two more goals and lose 5-2. The team has really struggled, I think, to know how to play from behind. And Saturday was one of the first times you saw it, and it's a great time to finally see it. Now they didn't finish it with that short or with the power play goal they allowed at the end, but to come back from two goals down with 19 minutes, about 19 minutes left in the third period against the team that's won six straight McNaughton Cups is not something we should overlook. Like, yes, the way it ended sucks, but the fact that they got the penalty shot goal. The fact that they scored an extra attacker goal that got disallowed on a questionable decision. Like it's not like he said, it's a it's a it's a judgment call of what is too much interference and what is allowed. And then to rebound from that, take a penalty, 
and get a shorthanded goal, it just shows me that this team has some resiliency that I haven't seen a lot of most of this season. They've done a great job because they've scored first in something like 25 out of their 30-some games. But when they get down, sometimes they, they don't know how to handle that, and they finally showed us that they could on Saturday. And that's a big deal going into the playoffs because they might not score first against St. Thomas Friday and Saturday night. And it might go to Saturday, Sunday. I hope it doesn't. I don't think it will, but it certainly could. St. Thomas is good enough to steal a game in there. Um, so it's really nice to see that that effort from the team to to fight back and find a way. And Kyle Kukunen led the way with that, especially they, they with what he did to, shorthanded. They just need to have the same intensity as they did at that moment is what it comes down to because obviously yeah. everybody knew what was on the line at the end of that game and every game from here on out it, it's even bigger on the line right like yeah. and they can't have a second period like they did on saturday they just can't they can't be defending for 18 of 20 minutes they just can't do that that's what it felt like to me anyway i, I made a oh, comment but... to my girlfriend when the period started and i said i don't want to be able to see much of the action this period and i got to watch this <laughs> i was All wrong yep yeah, <laughs> it was down there way too much, and and Tech has struggled some nights with that and the long change where they're they're putting like some second periods feel a lot like some of the the Russell area where they're expending all their energy defending and they have nothing left to attack. Yeah, that that's definitely how that felt. Yeah, I don't think it's happened a ton this year where it's been like that, but that's definitely how the second felt Saturday where it was all defense and then they finally get it cleared up to the center ice and they dump it in and change. And then they're defending again for another minute and a half. Um, and then as far as other awards go, I don't uh, like, uh, like not so much player of the year awards. Cause I think it's pretty obvious that Blake's goalie goaltender of the year in the conference. We talked about the rest of the awards. I think Joe has solidified himself as coach of the year. Don said almost as much. He can't necessarily say he thinks, you know, that he's definitely going to win, but he pretty much told us that he thought Joe should win it. Um, and none of us disagree with that. I think, uh, Matt, you maybe think, uh, Rico's a, a reasonable second, but beyond that, I think it's Joe, right? Yeah. And I don't think it's a very, I don't think anybody in the league is a particularly close second, to be honest with you. I think that what Joe had and what he turned that team into is, um, I don't know if, and full respect to the other coaches of the league, it's been probably the best parody season that the new CCHA has had, but I don't think this season anybody can truly hold a candle to what Joe was able to accomplish with what we thought was going to happen. Well, and Joe, then the other Joe thing you can shown take... himself, Joe has yeah. shown himself to be one of the best coaches in the country this year. It, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I, I think one of the one of the few coaches that sadly probably can't win the national coach of the year uh, without making a frozen four is is Eric Largan, who probably deserves some consideration for coach of the year somewhere, but he can't. He's, he's not gonna he's not gonna get that because I don't think an independent can even get to be a finalist without making the frozen four. But he's one of the few guys that comes to mind nationally that deserve similar recognition to Joe for what he's done. And I think one of the other things that that hopefully Michigan Tech can look forward to now is 
maybe that sense that this season shows that most years for at least a little while here might be more of a reload than a rebuild, which is a nice feeling for a program that's had a lot of rebuilds. Right. With, with, <laughs> without, like without a 25 the, year rebuild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without ever getting to the point where it wasn't a rebuild, you know, um, uh, one of the cool things about this weekend is that if uh, if the Huskies advance, which we all uh, ha- are pretty confident that they should, uh, Joe will become the uh, solely in possession of the second most victories in a Michigan Tech hockey history as a coach, trailing only John McGinnis, which which would be a nice feat to be able to do at home uh, in front of the misfits and everything else. Have you projected um, how many years Joe has to coach before he catches McGinnis? <laughs> no, yeah, I have not some done math that. to do. But he does have a uh, he does have a better winning percentage than the guy that he's one win behind right now. So we won't talk about him. But I think we've talked enough about that. What do you guys want to say about St. Thomas this weekend? It's a school in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to go in and win two games and move on to the next series. Uh, that's where my best friend went to seminary for like a semester and a half where he decided he didn't want to be a priest. So that's what I got to say about St. Thomas. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get the Mason Cup, but all I really want out of the rest of this season is to make the tournament and win that and first ma- and game. Make that, win that first game. Get that monkey off the back. Get that monkey yeah. off their back this year. Yeah. This is a great time to yeah. do that. Because mm-hmm. they, because if they can win the Mason Cup, they do have a decent shot at being a two seed and being that home ice team with last change for that first game. It's not all that likely, but it's certainly plausible if they go on a if they win the next four games here, especially if they beat Minnesota State in a championship uh, on the road. That should be a big deal. I uh, want to drive to Mankato again. Yeah, I don't avoid, even know if I'll be doing that, but we'll and see. Avoid, and avoid Minnesota in the regionals. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. We'll see what let's happens. Just, let's just let's get to Tampa. Come on. Let's get to Tampa. Let's let's I'm just already, have, hey, let's I'm start already, with a stress free couple of wins before we think about Tampa. Let's get a couple of I am that's what I'm that's truly what I'm hoping for. Let's let's have two wins. Let's make my heart not stop during them and I just let's move Matt, on. Have, have you been paying attention as a tech fan? We don't get those very often. <laughs> I I know. That's why I'm hoping for them too. Like I, I really wanna I really would love to see how easy it is to find out just how many of our like how much lower our goals per game would be if we took out all of our empty netters. Because we have quite a few this year. <sighs> I don't know, but it's it's just my hope, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, I thought I was going to be able to. I've already but... moved my kid's birthday from its regular weekend to a weekend after. But the birthday frozen party four. is not going to be Frozen 4 weekend. Yeah. I mean, we're blaming it on Easter, but I said I might need to go to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I, 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 uh, I said it. To you guys on the on the Slack chat, I already booked my flight for uh, Boston, and that'll cover me for the uh, Bridgeport and Manchester regionals. Because uh, as a regular Delta flyer, if I use my miles and I have to cancel that flight, I just get all my money back. So 
um that works out nice that i can just get it all back and and if things change i haven't decided if i will also do something similar for uh allentown or not yet uh rob and i can talk more about that because you said you just put in your vacation and we kind of figure out what we're going to try and do here but you if, te if texan bridgeport or manchester it sounds like the plan is for rob and i to rent a car in boston and kind of attend all of it yep uh, i have no problem with some, hockey time especially if we can get some press passes to one of them so that would help um but yeah i uh as frustrating as the last two minutes of last weekend was and the roller coaster that that was as Michigan Tech fans, I just have to say to all of you that we should just be really happy with the fact that this team did not have a rebuilding year. Enjoy it's... the fact that this team was that close to winning this trophy. I know we felt like it was snatched away from us, but... If I had told you in September that Michigan Tech would be playing the last game of the year at Mankato for a chance at the McNaughton Cup against Mankato, you would have all taken that in a heartbeat because you all thought we were going to be struggling to be any good last year. I know that. Um, I don't know if we all thought we would be as bad as maybe Joe thought, but we knew it was, we didn't think it was going to be like this. So just enjoy the fact that this team had a reload year instead of a rebuild year. And anything we get after after today is gravy. So let's just enjoy it. How's that for a good And we're game? 11th in the pairwise right now. Yeah. Cool. Big picture. We're 11th in the pairwise. Let's put a bow on it. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at the white level or above get access to our randomly scheduled Zoom chats, which I need to be better about. I'm sorry. Uh, patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Uh, we have a couple other levels that include getting the unfiltered YouTube video access and the unedited audio, usually the night of the podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't find your podcast on site choice. Please let us know. We'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, if you leave a rating on Apple podcast of five stars, Dustin will read the review you leave with that rating. Uh, we had one a couple weeks ago. That was kind of cool. Uh, once again, thanks to you, our sponsors, Fibke Dental of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezen, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.